2: Justin. Yeah. Yeah, man. What's up? Uh do you uh do you ever use freelancers? I have. Indeed, I have.
1: And I am How'd that go? You know, it it went well every time I've done it, and then I've never taken on the practice consistently. And I, I couldn't really give you a good reason why, but it's it's something that if I'm going to evolve and grow my business, it's something that I'm going to need to employ on a regular basis. Yeah.
2: I've used some freelancers from, uh, different platforms and sometimes I've gotten good results. Other times not so good, but, uh, imagine if you will, mm-hmm. there was a way that you can have your freelancers vetted, not just with reviews, but actually vetted by a real person. Be pretty damn useful. Tell me more. You would say, right? Well, oh, yes. right. Yeah. Right. Well, guess what? What? Our next guest has invented a platform that does just that. Would you like to learn more? I'd love it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andro Sturgeon. And I am Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks.
1: Marketing Geeks. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new bumble now
0: with supply chains becoming more complex you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments
2: Well, welcome to the show, everybody. And today we have a very special guest. Nathan Hirsch uh, is a uh, CEO and founder of freeup.com. That's a great domain. That is a fantastic domain. Uh, And uh, he's here. And, ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Hirsch. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on the Marketing Geeks. And uh, uh, it, it tell well, first of all, for for our listeners who haven't who don't know about Freehip, uh, can you give us a little bit about like what it is and uh, what it provides people?
3: Yeah, we're a marketplace for pre-vetted virtual assistants, freelancers, and agencies. So we get thousands of applicants every week, vet them, top 1% get on. We make them available to people quickly whenever they need them without having to browse. And then on the back end, 24-7 support in case they have even the smallest issue and a no turnover guarantee. If they quit for any reason, we cover replacement costs and get them a new person right away. So that's really what what we're all about, the the pre-vetting, speed, customer service, and protection. That's pretty cool. Can you can you go into uh,
1: I, I want to hear your story. But before we do that, can you go into like how you prevet the freelancers? And so how, how do you qualify somebody as a top one percenter in the freelance community?
3: Yeah. So for years, and I'm sure you guys have made this mistake too. I used to hire people just for skill. I'd look at their five-star reviews, maybe some references and, and maybe a portfolio. And three months later, it would blow up in my face. And I'd sit there wondering like, how is this person who's so talented, such a bad fit, such a bad hire? And we realized that skill is just one part of the equation. Attitude and communication are the other two factors. So for skill, we put them through skill tests. We don't need everyone to be a 10 out of 10 You can be a five out of 10, a three out of 10. What we care about is that you're honest about what you can and cannot do and that you're priced accordingly. For Attitude, we do one-on-one interviews. We look for people who are passionate about what they do. They're not just in it for the payments. If they're a bookkeeper, and I'm sure you guys hate bookkeepers, they need to, or hate bookkeeping. Yeah. yeah. I have
1: I don't nothing hate bookkeepers, against bookkeepers. But I definitely hate bookkeeping. Man, there is <laughs> this
2: one bookkeeper. If I ever see him, I'm going to kick <laughs> him in the nuts. I tell you, but they have to love bookkeeping as much as
3: we love being entrepreneurs. And then communication is everything. I mean, we have 15 pages of communication best practices that they have to memorize and get tested on before they get in. And we're pretty quick to remove people from our platform if they do, if they don't communicate, if they have a bad attitude or if they're taking on projects, they they can't do at a high level.
1: Wow. Do you find that most um, if somebody comes on to free up and let's say they hire a freelancer, do you find that most of them are able to kind of uh, figure out like a client's uh, gig right away, or is there, uh, does it tend to be a, like a training period that gets involved if uh, for certain projects because of the way that the community is set up? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, it does. I, I mean, I like to divide hires in, into three different levels so you got the followers, you got the doers, and you got the experts. So the followers 5 to 10 bucks an hour non us they're there to follow your systems your processes if if you don't know how to find profitable products on amazon you can't hire someone for 5 bucks an hour and say hey go find me profitable products you, <laughs> you need direction and systems and if you the mid level people they're like graphic designers bookkeepers writers you're not teaching a graphic designer how to be a graphic designer like you would a va but they're not consulting with you either. They're there to do those projects. And then you got the experts, the high level people, the Facebook ads, the freelancers, consultants, agencies that are kind of bringing their own systems, their own processes, their own expertise to the table. So how you handle each level is different. The followers, you need more SOPs onboarding. The doers, you need more of a scope getting on the same page with the product. And then the experts, they usually audit your business. They give you a game plan or multiple game plans for you to tweak and approve. And it's more of a collaboration.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty good because, you know, I've, I've, I've been, um, man, you're right. I there, there's been a few times that like, I go on to, uh, Fiverr and I'm just like, oh, this guy's got a ton of good reviews. Uh, I get a project back and I'm like, oh, I can't work this at all. It's, it's terrible. Um, so I, uh, you know, what, what, uh, first of all, I want to find out like what, what got you into doing this specific, uh, platform and how long have you been doing it?
3: Yeah, so this is the end of year four. If we want to go all the way back, um, my parents were both teachers growing up. And so I kind of grew up with the mentality that I was going to go to college, get a real job, work for 30 years, retired. They're retired now. They're traveling the world. They're killing it. There's nothing wrong with that. But they always made me get these summer jobs, internships. I worked at Aaron's Firestone, Umpiring, Chez Joseph, which is a catering place. And I was working 40, 50 hours a week from when I was 15 up. So I learned a lot about customer service and sales and business. And I also learned how much I just hated working for other people. And I knew that I was going to be miserable if that was going to, what I was going to do for 30 years. So when I got to college, I kind of looked at it as a ticking clock. I had four years to start my own business or I was going to go into the real world and, and never look back. So I got really pissed off one day in college that, the, the school bookstore was ripping people off, ripping me off. They were giving us pennies on the dollar of people um, trying to sell back hundreds of dollars worth of books. And I said, you know what? I can, I can do this better. I took that summer money, all the stuff I had saved up, and I started a, a textbook business. I would buy people's businesses. I would sell them online to different distributors. And one day, I came across Amazon.com. So I'm selling a lot of books on Amazon. I create a, a referral program. I have lines out the door of people trying to sell me their books To the point where I get a cease and desist letter from my college telling me to knock it off because I was competing too hard with their bookstore. Can they do that? Is that actually a violation, though? I mean, they're a private business, right? They can do whatever they want. and. My parents are teachers, so I didn't want to get kicked out of college. That would not have gone over well. <laughs> so I pivot, and I, I think it's so cool. I can have this twenty four seven storefront. It runs all the time. I, I get to practice my customer service skills. Money goes into my bank account. I mean, this is two thousand eight. No one knows what Amazon is. There's no courses. There's no gurus. There's no software. And and so I just start experimenting. I try to find something I can sell besides books. So I try typical college guy stuff like sporting equipment, video games, computers, stuff I'm very familiar with, and I just fail over and over and over. The only thing I can get to sell is these books. So it's not until I branch out of my comfort zone and one day I found a deal on this baby product online and I ventured into the baby product industry. So there I am as this business scaled. I had a lot of success there. And if you can imagine me as a 20-year-old single college guy selling a million dollars a year on Amazon... That was me. And it was a pretty crazy time. I'm making money for the first time in my life. So my parents tell me I should probably pay taxes, right? (laughs) Probably. Probably. (laughs) So I meet with an accountant and the first question he asked me is, when are you going to hire your first person? And I kind of shrugged him off. Like, why would I do that? That's money out of my pocket. They're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. They're not going to do as good job as me. Pretty standard entrepreneurial excuses. And he just laughed in my face and he said, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Well, sure enough, my first busy season comes around the fourth quarter. I'm not prepared. I'm doing everything myself, answering every email, sending every order, changing every price, updating every listing. And I just get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. My social life plummets. My grades go down and I work my butt off to get to the other side just to keep this business alive and not get shut down by Amazon. And when I get to January, I think to myself, man, I can never let that happen again. I need to start hiring people right now. So I'm 20, 21. I know nothing about hiring. I post a job on Facebook. This guy in my business law class messages me. He says, I don't know what you do. I need a job. I don't even interview him. I just say you're hired. Ends up being an unbelievable hire. I hit the jackpot. He's hardworking. He's smart. He's been my business partner for the past eight years. He's a co-owner of FreeUp now. We worked together on the Amazon business for years. But there I am as this punk 20-year-old, 21-year-old, thinking, man, this hiring thing is easy. You post a job on Facebook, someone shows up, you make more money, your life becomes easier. And I just proceed to make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire, quickly learning how unreliable college kids are, realizing no one took me seriously as a 20-year-old Amazon seller. That didn't even mean anything. No one knew what that was. So hiring people in person was really tough. And so I started to explore the remote hiring world based on necessity, the Upwork, the Fiverr's And had some success. I have a few people who are still with me today, but I also had a lot of failure. And I just hated the process of posting a job, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them one by one. If I hire them and two weeks later they don't work out, I have to start that process all over again. And I kept looking for a faster way. And when I couldn't find it, I said, you know what, I'll I'll build it myself. And I tried to take everything I liked about the other platforms and change everything I didn't like building the marketplace that I wish I had back when I started my Amazon business. So that's the, the shortest version of how I went from a broke college kid to books to baby products to eventually the free up marketplace.
2: Wow. So, I, okay. First of all, uh, the big question I have is obviously the big competitor that you're going to have is like fiber, right? Right. So, so how do you, how do you set yourself apart to get people to find you?
3: It's funny, we've spent very little on paid marketing. We've grown free up from a million to 5 million to 9 million last year, should end somewhere over 12, but we've done it very organically. It's been a combination of going on podcasts like this. I've probably been on 300 plus podcasts. Um, I mean, the podcasts are a great way to just get in front of thousands of entrepreneurs to network backlinks and SEO. It's great, so that helps us there. Um, content. We put out lots of content about hiring. We have our blog, we have our YouTube channel, we have our podcast, which I'd love to have you guys on. Um, So we're constantly putting content out there. We created a referral program, which if you're listening and you don't have a referral program, you need to not only get one, but you need to have it on your site and you need to remind every single customer about it at the end of every phone call. So you get 50 cents for every hour that we bill forever to people that come from you um, for any time. So People, when we started free up and they liked the service, they would go to conferences and start talking about us. And that eventually led us to my fourth thing, which is micro influencers and influencers. We would go to people that had communities of our ideal clients and our, in our case, online entrepreneurs and we would partner with them. We would take really good care of their community. We'd give them some credit to get started um, they, they or free credit to the influencer to try us out before that. They would get a kickback, so they would be happy. And then we'd also do joint ventures with them, different content swaps. They'd come on my podcast, vice versa, blog swaps. If they were promoting a course, we promote it to our audience. So we really grew it through marketing, but much more organic marketing than I think a lot of businesses do out there. And I think we're kind of at a point where. I don't know if we've hit the limit, but I think in order to get to the next level, what what works from zero to nine million doesn't work from nine million to 20 million. So I think we're probably going to have to spend more on on different paid and and different marketing tactics. But we really grew free up and we still are growing free up using those four things.
1: were were you funded? Were you funded at all? Or did you do this from uh, from zero dollars in the bank uh, from scratch? And and did you have to hire a programmer to build this whole free up site, or is it you have a background in that
3: stuff? yeah so i started free up with five thousand dollars most of that went to a developer building our minimum viable product our, our software was garbage for the first year of, of using it i mean it people could log in they could log out freelancers could see their clients clients could see their freelancers and, and that was pretty much it uh, people couldn't submit requests in the system they would email us call us skype us when they wanted someone we if they we'd introduce them via email via skype very manual there were no like custom introductions like we have now that come from the software no affiliate program no ticketing system no billing the billing was all outside the software, so we got it out there with the minimum viable product, and what ended up happening was people really loved the freelancers. People really loved our customer support. People really hated our software. It was like we were, I like to think 10, but let's just say 9, 9, like 2, so it was very unbalanced. So about a year into FreeUp, we were like, all right, we need to start looking at ourselves as a software company. So we started hiring full-time developers. We hired a QA person. We started having dev meetings and and plans and using JIRA, which is a dev organization tool. And that was really a game changer in our business when we started to to pull that software up from a two to four, five, six. Hopefully it's approaching that seven, eight, nine now and, and really make it in sync, but also become a software company.
2: That's pretty cool. And what what kind of um, as far as like your referral program, is that something you developed in-house or do you use a certain platform?
3: Yeah. So one thing that I, I learned from my Amazon business, and, and I think some entrepreneurs will disagree with me, is I hate using other people's like third party software. I always find that it does 80 percent of what I want. I can never get to do that last 20. So we built the, our affiliate program inside our software. It's custom links. It's all tracked in there. Our affiliate program is is pretty unique too. I didn't find one that actually made sense. Like, it's not like people are checking out for twenty thousand dollars and you send some of that money elsewhere. This is billing over time at an hourly rate with different percentages and and all that. So a little bit a little bit difficult to to use a third party anyway. But but we built all that ourselves and we really build all this stuff. Our, our billing, um, all of it. Can you
1: attribute Uh, like a a certain percentage of your growth to the, uh, to the referral program or, um, have you like tracked
3: that? Like what, what level of new business comes from that versus like your organic podcast marketing and all that? Yeah. I mean, we paid out over $250,000 last year in referral money, which is a lot of 50 cents. So um, yeah, I mean, people, people seem to really like the program. It's what I really like about free up from a marketing side is we're very diverse. Obviously the, the, the referral program is a lot and that that's where we've gotten clients, but we also get a lot from podcasts. We also get a a lot through our, our content, through our Facebook group, outsourcing masters through micro influencers. If you look at our signups and how people hear about us, it's very all over the place.
2: And is that how you uh, acquire people to be the experts that people can hire? Yeah, very similar.
3: I go on freelancer podcasts. We partner with freelance influencers. There's a lot of freelancer coaches, freelancer Facebook group owners. Um, We do content swaps with them. We have a referral program on the freelancer side. That's the same thing. You make money for every hour they bill forever. So if someone's on the platform and they love it, they'll tell all their freelance for friends about it and and get them on, too. Um, So it kind of goes both ways.
2: Now, content swamping is is really interesting. And, you know, there may be one or two of our seven listeners that don't know much about it. Can you explain a little bit about how that works?
3: Yeah. I mean, we've gotten this very organized now, but at the beginning it was, it was very all over the place. I mean, we had a blog, we had a YouTube channel and we, we would just reach out to people every quarter after we would quote unquote partner with them. We wouldn't make them sign an agreement or anything, but we would say, Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to exchange a blog post? Are you, or we never want anything to be one-sided. So, Hey, are you, are you promoting anything? Can we put you in our newsletter? And it really comes down to like podcast, YouTube, newsletter, social media posts. Um, and the the blog and so each quarter we try to mix it up and and see what benefits them what benefits us we might be running a promotion hey five percent off u.s or US, yeah, u.s bookkeepers whatever it is and have them promote it whatever makes sense and vice versa and it's just a great way to get in front of other people's communities and it's a very good way to grow your business
2: yeah that's pretty cool so um Uh, so how, how do you, like, do you really see like Fiverr as a competitor or do you just kind of stay on track and not really worry about it?
0: Yeah,
3: definitely. I mean, it's not something I worry about. I mean, Fiber and Upwork are publicly traded companies, so there's not much I can like do to compete with them on that level. Even though I'm very happy with FreeUp's growth, I mean, every v- freelancer marketplace, every agency out there that does, that does freelancers, lots of VA agencies. I mean, technically there there are competitors. So it's not like it keeps me up at night. But you have to be aware of what they're doing and what's going on, and, and how you continue to to make yourself different. And my mentality is. You can't compete with Upwork and Fiverr and big companies on on software. You can't really compete with them on marketing. What you can't compete with them on is customer service. So we spend a lot of our time focusing on how do we make our customer service so unique, so customized, so personable that they can't compete on that level. And and that's really what our focus has been.
1: So I, I have yeah. a question or a couple questions here. But um, so I want to know, because we have a lot of people that listen to the show that are in the solopreneur field or they, you know, they might occasionally hire freelancers And like myself, I. I have hired freelancers, but I've never like brought on like freelancers on a regular basis, like uh, on like a consistent basis. Can you can you talk a little bit about like how you help customers or clients that have never onboarded um, employees or uh, never onboarded like uh, uh, freelancers and, and kind of walk us through what that process is like and how you make it simple for them?
3: Yeah. So we first of all, we don't provide employees. We provide VAs, freelancers, and agencies. But if people have never used those, um, I mean, everyone's in a different place. We're, I'm kind of in the mentality that we can get you really good people. But if you don't know what to do with those people after the fact, it doesn't do you much good. At the same time, there's plenty of clients that don't want to talk to me. They don't want to follow my system. They have their own system. They have their own process. They've been doing it for years. And that's great. Other people want to absorb some of my content. Other people are are only want to follow my direction. So we have to cater to all three we put out a lot of content. In our Facebook group that I mentioned, we, we have a hiring packet that has sample interview questions and expectations doc to get on the same page, a one-time projects document to make sure you don't leave anything out. And we provide different videos on like our five-step hiring process, mistakes to avoid. We put out eBooks and, and all that. So we're we don't we not a consulting company. We don't walk, we have consultants on the platform, but I don't. we don't walk into a business and say, you need to hire this person, this person, this person, you need to do it this way. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. We're there to provide people and tell you what's worked for us in the past. And it's up to the clients to apply it to their business if they want it to, if they want to. So that's kind so, of how we So
2: in a, in a sense, you provide coaching, if you will, to, you know, the, the people on your platform. I mean, I would say that we don't provide coaching. We kind of take the
3: position that we we never give you like a hard, this is what you should do. It's more, this is what how we do it, and you can apply it to your business if you want to. Um, and, and I'm not, I, I don't really take like business consulting calls where I give people business advice or, or anything like that. Most of our calls are answering questions about the software and, and, and how it works. And I mean, mm-hmm. if clients ask it or advice, we'll, we'll give it to them. Um, but I, I wouldn't consider myself a business coach, and I don't train my assistants who also teach. Um, take calls to, to do coaching, if that makes sense.
2: No, but providing, providing information for people that would be, uh, helpful. And like, you know, for instance, uh, the Moz blog is fantastic for SEO stuff, right? And and they just provide it, you know, as a, as a free service to people who come to their site. Um, but you can apply that information to, what people do on with Moz. So by going to your website, you can find information that will be helpful to you as a a business owner and a, you know, and a, and a solopreneur, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of debating nothing, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, (laughs) technically on on some level we, we provide advice and what's worked for us and and put out a lot of content, Mm -hmm. I just try to make it clear to clients that, um, like we're not business coaches. We don't want people to take our advice that, Hey, if you listen to Nate, you will grow your business to $5 million. Like that's not (laughs) something that we want. We want people to think, you know?
2: Yeah. So, uh, going back, I'd like to go back a little bit in time. And, uh, was there, did you, did you end up finishing college or did you just, was there a point where you were like, oh, this thing is starting to happen. I don't really need to finish. Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) My parents, I mentioned my parents are teachers. So finishing, not finishing college was not an option.
3: I've got this degree (laughs) frame behind me that has Dean's list every semester that I've never used. So, um, (laughs) I did finish college. I, I I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm not a very risk taking entrepreneur, which sounds weird. And and there's always a risk in business. So don't get me wrong. I don't think free up or any business is, is risk free, but I do focus on low risk, high reward situations. And even when I was younger, I continued to get a degree knowing that a lot of businesses fail and that I wanted to have a backup plan. And when I got to graduate that last week of college, I still didn't know if I was going to go take a job. I had a few job offers or do the Amazon thing. And my parents are super supportive. They, they want me to be happy and, and they'll, um, they'll definitely support me in anything I do. But I could tell that they thought the better decision was to take the stability, the health insurance, the, the real job. And I remember meeting with my aunt that last week, who's an entrepreneur, and she, she pretty much told me like you're young. You can take risks that those jobs are going to be there. Like if you fail in a year and there's no reason for you to, if you enjoy what you're doing and you're making money and you can survive on it, there's no reason for you not to. And, and so I turned down those job offers, became an entrepreneur and never really looked back.
2: That's awesome. So, uh, now you said, you know, you've got your, uh, your other parts of the platform, like the affiliate linking. Have you thought about spinning that off into kind of a lateral business? I have not. It's definitely something like like we we know is there. I
3: don't think it's our prime focus. I think one of the things my partner and I have been good at it is just staying focused on what actually increases revenue, what actually grows the business. And I think we're very focused to see how far we can push free up with the current business model. Not to say that that won't change and we won't see other opportunities in the future.
1: I wanted to go a little deeper on the uh, on the vetting process again. We we touched on it earlier. Uh, I know you have the you have the basic level, your mid level, expert level freelancers on your site that kind of break down based on what you charge and whether they're located and their uh, level of competency. Now, like with like a, with a site like Fiverr, I know that you know the review system has it has its pros, but it also has its cons. And and I think one of the big cons with any review system is that the review happens with delivery, not after implementation. So f- especially with like marketing solutions, a lot of times, like, you know, you haven't tested it against an actual campaign, those kind of things. Do you have any sort of means of tracking like actual results from your freelancers? Um, or I mean, do you find that important? Or, or do you just kind of follow the, the same kind of trajectory that Fiverr does, which is which is fine.
3: But I, I'm just curious if you've uh, if you've considered that or, or found any sort of solution to that? It's funny. I, I really agree with you. I mean, one of the reasons we haven't had reviews on our platform since we started is I think reviews are very misleading. I can't tell you how many times I've hired a five-star person, and not gotten a five-star experience. Um, I think there, there's lots of ways that they're misleading. With that said, we I'm, very, I'm a big believer of listening to your clients, listening to your customers. And in our case, we kind of have two sets. We got the clients, we got the freelancers and people want reviews for whatever reason. So we are launching it. It will be a little bit different. Um, then, then the five-star reviews, I can't go too much into it because we're still figuring out exactly how we want it to be. Um, but I, I mean, for us, we check in with our clients. We've got certain times where um, I think it's a week after every hire, we check in with them. And and clients also know that if they have even the smallest issue, we're a marketplace with the top 1%. If someone misses a meeting, misses a due date, doesn't communicate, like they, they're quick to, probably quicker to report it than they would on another platform. So we hear about that stuff. We track that stuff. We're very quick to suspend or remove freelancers from our platform if they're not adhering to our terms of use and our best practices. And um, that's really how we've done it so far. And I'm, I think the feedback will add another layer, but we we never want it to just be a hundred percent based on feedback. Like you said.
1: Do you find that like, um, when you, when you started versus where you are now, did you find that there was like a top seller early on? Um, or is there continue to be like a certain type of service that sells the best on the, on this platform versus other services? I'm just curious, um, as you've kind of grown the business, if it started one way and evolved or, or how that goes.
2: Yeah. And and just as a follow up to that, like what trends do you see as people, uh, you know, start to hire? Like, what do you see people hiring more for?
3: Yeah, great question. So when we started, we were really a marketplace for Amazon sellers. I was a big Amazon seller. I had a Rolodex of Amazon freelancers. It was a pretty easy way to start. I knew a lot of people in the Amazon community. From there, we grew to e-commerce, we got into marketing space, and the thing about the marketing space is it kind of trickles into other things like real estate software and all that. So we're very diverse now. I mean, there's always going to be things that people just hire a lot, right? VA, hiring VAs is very popular. We get a lot of VA requests, but we also get a lot of writing requests and bookkeepers and, and stuff like that. So it is very diverse. It's one of the things that I really like about FreeUp. There's definitely trends. I mean, when we started, Facebook ads and Amazon ads were very new, and that became like a very big thing thing where I feel like now lots of people are off of those services where before we were probably one of a one of a few. One of the trends I'm seeing is people are much more focused now on building a brand. I don't know if it's Gary Vee. I do know it has something to do with Amazon uh, for Amazon sellers, e-commerce sellers, which is a, a lot of people that we that we serve, um, you get crushed at some point if you're not building a brand. It's impossible to stand out. Amazon will crush you. You need a following. You need your own client base. You need a newsletter. You need social media. You need graphics and all that. So I think building a brand, which has a lot of subparts like social media, people, and, and graphics, and videos, and podcast production, and all of that, has become bigger and bigger, um, which is good for us, and I think good for a lot of people. Um, so that's kind of the trend that that we're seeing.
2: Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, is there, is there anything that you've started to see that is in the same way that, that like Facebook ads were kind of new, uh, any new things that you're kind of surprised about that, that might be a tr- an up and coming trend? Hmm. New things. Um,
3: I, I wouldn't say there's any like crazy new requests, we just like all of a sudden got 50 in one day that I've just never seen before. I think more people are focused on, on stuff like automation and development. I think that um, for, I think if you go back even like five years, like that wasn't a, a focus of, of people. I know it wasn't my focus. I kind of shared my own story, how I didn't look at myself as a software company. I think a lot of people are realizing that if you want to compete with your competitors, you got to do it with tools. And with tools, you got two options. You use a third party and pay monthly, fear you build it yourself and it's a little bit more customized so we've seen more requests like that but there's not something else that that stands out that's just a complete game changer like bitcoin a little bit but I, I think that people don't really use freelancers there we probably got more bitcoin requests in the past year than the previous three years combined but um nothing nothing crazy and that's still not like a big part of our business
1: do you accept uh, cryptocurrency or bitcoin as a payment um on the site or we
2: do not Okay,
1: just curious because you brought it up. <laughs>
2: has, has that been has that been something that you've thought about uh, getting into? It's something we 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 talk about lots of things.
3: It's not something we're seriously considering. It's not it comes down to the client. If, if we had a hundred clients coming to us saying we need Bitcoin or we're not using free up, that's different. But we accept bank account. We accept credit card. We're not really doing any kind of like sketchy, like off the government's radar service. Not that all Bitcoin is for that, but there's no like necessity or, or secrecy into this stuff. And most people are pretty cool with like paying with a credit card or paying with an ACH for freelancer marketing e-commerce services. It's kind of like the industry standard opposed to other things.
2: Now, one of the things I think is really interesting is that right on the website, you have a a little link that says, you know, chat with FreeUp's founders uh do you often talk to prospective clients directly is that is that something that you actually take time to do often
3: yeah so there's a certain part of my calendar is booked off people can book a meeting with me i also have my vas that work right underneath me they're there you can book a meeting with my vas you can ask some questions about being a va what it's like working with me and and all that stuff um it, it's something that people have told me i've been crazy um to do since we started free up because how many ceos have their calendar on the website but what ends up happening is people don't come to me for every little thing. People will book a call. Again, I'm not consulting with them on their business. I'll answer standard free up questions, build a relationship, get to know people. These 30 minute calls people can book usually end up being five to 10 minutes. If people want to talk longer, that's fine. And it's also not my entire day. It's certain parts of the day. And so I've done that. I adding my assistance there. A lot of people, if they have small questions or different things are more than happy to talk to my VAs and it's never really been an issue. And Most of the time, like clients will have my cell phone number and my my phone number. I'm not spending hours and hours and hours fixing issues because the freelancers do an amazing job on the platform. And if there is an issue, we just resolve it quickly. And it's usually not that big of a deal. And we just want both sides to be happy.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's cool, because, you don't. it's not like I can get on the phone and uh, yell at Jeff Bezos, Uh, (laughs) but I, I would love to. I mean, that would be fantastic. Uh, Not that I'm encouraging anybody to yell at you because you sound awesome. But uh, um, so uh, what uh, um, uh, because this, you know, I'm sure you've met some really interesting people along the way. What's kind of uh, one of the more interesting moments that you've had meeting people and interacting with people with this platform?
3: Oh man, I mean, there's lots of different influencers that I, I just had the privilege to meet in the e-commerce space, like Ben Cummings, Scott Volker, is one of the biggest Amazon podcasts. Um, Jim Bunch, who works with Billy Jean, I, he's been a client of ours forever, and he promotes Free Up pretty hard. I mean, there, there's lots of different names. Alex is a big one in the in the e- in the marketing community. I- I've joked with him that I spent like a year and a half trying to get him to try free up. And now he loves free up and promotes it to his community. So, um, I mean, th- those are awesome. Um, it, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but there, we work with a lot of different influencers, in different spaces, people that are much more successful entrepreneurs than I am that, that I learn a lot from and that do just a great job of taking really good care of their community, which is something that I value a lot. And I always try to align myself with those type of people.
2: So you yeah, build, we talk a lot okay. about, oh, I was going to say, we, we talk a lot about building your tribe here and how that's one of the most important things. You know, one of the worst things that any marketing person hears is when a client says, when they're asked like, who's your product for? And they go, well, it's for everybody. Well, it's, it's definitely not right. So, uh, so, you know, it's, it, it seems like you, you spend a lot of time kind of cultivating, your your tribe if you will do you do you run any traditional ads do you uh do anything like google wise
3: or facebook wise we spend a thousand dollars a month on ads mostly towards retargeting mostly towards freelancers outside of that we we don't really do anything
2: on uh, is that on google
3: uh google and facebook okay
2: okay Total. what what's your thought on uh facebook these days is it is it still effective as a advertising space yeah, definitely.
3: I mean, it depends on your business and there's lots of different factors there, but, but absolutely. Mm.
1: Let me ask you, cause I want to, I want to go a little deeper on the, the way you grew the company because you, you basically done like a grassroots model. You, you've kind of, uh, hit the ground running. You're having private conversations with people. Um, so for people that are starting their own business, And and we've, we've hit on a lot of these strategies already. You talked about going on podcasts organically. Um, You talked about producing content uh, and um, partnering with micro influencers, things like that. What, what other advice um, would you give to like budding entrepreneurs out there that are getting started as ways to, to build awareness and to kind of um, attract their first few clients? Like, what, what do you see as like, what have you learned along the way that has been like the biggest um, success, like talent or skill that you that you've acquired over time
3: yeah. So one of the things that I've done that uh, I strongly encourage people to do, no matter how big and how small you are. First thing I do every morning, I reach out to three people on Facebook, three people on Instagram, just to network, just to set up networking calls, not looking to sell them, learn about their business, see if I can add any value. I have built a lot of great relationships. Yes, I've gotten clients and influencers. Sometimes I can only help them or vice versa, or we run into each other in the future. And I mean, if you're networking, let's say out of those six, two of them respond, you're networking with two new people every single day. Over the course of three years, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of communities you're getting into, and it's free. So I, I strongly recommend that people do that. I love that. Now, what, what does your outreach look like? Are you personalizing every message? Are you templating them? Like, how, how does that outreach look like? <laughs> I have different template. I use a, an app called Word uh, Word Text, I think it's called, uh, on my phone, um, and it's all templated. I, it's not salesy. It's not like the LinkedIn stuff. It's just, yeah. hey, would love to connect. <laughs> would love to connect. I own Free Up and. What are people going to respond to that? Hey, yeah, we'd love to connect. What are you thinking? And hey, I'd love to set up a networking call if you're open to it. Or tell me more about FreeUp, which I have a canned response for. Or hey, leave me alone. Don't ever contact me again, which is (laughs) chill too. So, I mean, it's not aggressive. It's just, hey, we'd love to set up a network call if you're open to it.
1: I, I mean, mm, I love that. I mean, I think. I mean, because again, you're like I see you as kind of grassroots, and and I do I do think that the best way to build a business is to build natural connections over time to network and leverage social media platforms, especially with because even with Facebook and Instagram, yeah, the organic reach is uh, is dying, but you could still private message people, and you could still leverage the the free communities to uh, for your business. But it just it looks a little bit different than it used to because the content doesn't naturally spread out as uh, for
3: free anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: So, so what, uh, it sounds like you're, you're like constantly like in the mix. What do you do for yourself to like detach and, and give yourself you time? Like what's, cause I mean, if you're on all the time, you know, to keep from getting burnout, what do you do?
3: Yeah. I I don't think I'm on all the time. I mean, I I usually end my day, like right after this, around four o'clock, I go to the gym for an hour intense workout. I've got two dogs. I work from home. So I get to hang out with them. There's a dog park right outside. Um, I mean, I just got back from four trips. I was in uh, two bachelor parties, one in New Orleans, one in uh, Montreal. Then I had two weddings in Boston and New York. And before that I was in Croatia for baby bathwater, which is an awesome event for, for entrepreneurs. So, and it's more of a fun event than like a hardcore business event. So for me, it's travel. It's hanging out with my fiance, hanging out with my dogs. Um, yeah. Enjoy, enjoying life. I, I'm a big fan of, of working out and being able to get away from her business. I mean, I have VAs that cover my Skype, email, live chat 24 seven. So, I mean, they, they know how to handle 99% of stuff. If it needs to be escalated to me, it does, but it's not like my phone's blowing up on Friday and Saturday nights consistently. If it does that, that I'm doing something wrong. Did you hire them on uh, your, your VAs? Did you hire them on FreeUp? I only hire people from FreeUp. So all I have, thir- <laughs> ah. I have 30 VAs that handle lots of different stuff, all from FreeUp, my graphic designers, my video editors, podcast editors, um, writers for our blog, the people that run my, our ads uh, and our different social media channels. I only hire them on our platform and they're, they're available to other clients too. If we book them up full time, we just got to them first. If, if they're like a graphic designer, we use them here and there. Other clients can say, hey, Nate, can you send me the graphic designer I use? And if they're available, you're, you're more than happy to use them.
2: Well, I mean, the thing that's cool about what you're doing is that you're you're really in the mix of it. I mean, it's like you're not like, you know, doing these high level meetings where you just kind of get the summaries. It sounds like you're really interacting with everybody, you know, who are using the platform and who are working uh, with the platform.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I'm a big fan of building like a brand that with a, like a face behind it. Um, I, I I think there's pros and cons. I'm sure that at some level it, it might not scale at some point. I'm not going to be able to take phone calls or, or whatever. Hopefully we get to that level. Not all businesses do. Um, but I, I'm kind of curious too how far we can push this thing. I mean, I it, it's not a lifestyle business because I, I work very hard in it. But at the same time, it kind of is. I mean, I work remote. I have a team of people that can cover for me when I'm on vacation, whenever I want. I can travel whenever I want. We, we're doing pretty well. And I have a business partner in Colorado. He's kind of in the same boat. We really enjoy working together. And it's just fun. We, we really enjoy it. Yeah, I feel the same
1: way. I mean, just the fact that I work remotely makes it a lifestyle business, even if I work really hard. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, I, I did want to to, to get into uh, one thing though, because you've taken the business um, from again from zero to uh, to seven figures, and you said you're at nine million, I think. So you're about to hit eight figures, or are you already at, already at eight figures?
3: Uh, this year we'll finish around 12. I think we've finish hit around eight twelve figures. So you're hitting, you're hitting eight figures
1: this year. So now that you're getting into that territory of, uh, of business growth, are you starting to attract like new attention to the brand? Are you getting, um, outreach from like, you know, these, uh, conferences or speaker communities that want to bring you on stage or uh, how is that evolving? Like, how have you seen your personal brand grow and like what new opportunities are coming
3: from the fact that you've now kind of accomplished this? <laughs> Oh man. So when you asked that, so two years ago I was like, all right, personal goal, like become a speaker, like speak at all these conferences. So I did that for a little while and I got really burnt out. I was like, this sucks. I can't like, I I can't have like a life and be traveling like two times every month, three times every month, like going to all these conferences. So still do it. I kind of do it here and there. I I don't want to overcommit on it. Um, there's been stuff like I've been featured in uh, like entrepreneurial magazine or entrepreneur.com and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, growing my brand is very much in line with free up and I'm very honored that, that people will, will have me and kind of look at me that way. Um, but I mean, it's, it's more about free up than, than it is about me. And that's kind of how I've always looked at it. And I, again, trying to stay focused, like our goal is to grow the free up marketplace to get as many users as possible. It's not to get paid $10,000 to speak. That's a very short term money opposed to a, a long-term vision, you know?
2: So what, what if you could go back to your younger self when you were first starting, what would be some of the advice that you would give yourself to avoid some of the headaches you ran into building this business? Look at ourselves as
3: a software company first. Definitely would have done. I can't tell you how much time I wasted just dealing with um, <laughs> terrible software that just took up more and more and more of my time. Um, stuff that, that I would do differently. Um, trying to think. Uh, man, he might've stumped me. I mean, there's so much like that. You just tweak over time. There's definitely not. It definitely hasn't just been straight up. We've had a good amount of success, I think working with different people and finding the right VAs to do different things or what I've been, I'm probably pretty good at hiring above average. I would hope so. Uh, But at the same time, there's always learning lessons of who's the best fit for what, or how do we grow our social media? I probably would have focused more on our Facebook group more earlier than I do now. I think Facebook group is a great way to grow a community that I kind of overlooked and was kind of half-assing it for a while. I don't know if I can swear. Um, But you can you're good. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, stuff like that, like there's always different marketing stuff or, hey, I wish I had said this to like this influencer and not turn them off and stuff like that. But there hasn't been like a like an oh, my God, I messed up. I mean, if you want to go to oh, my God, messed up. If I take you back to my Amazon business, I put myself in a situation around year two where I hired one person to do everything. I spent six months training this person to do all aspects of my business. It was awesome. I slept better at night. It was my first time. I didn't have to like answer emails and, and do wake up every day at a certain time and like do certain things. And I go on my first vacation and he quits on me. Day one of my vacation. Uh-huh. And it set my business back like three months. And I learned a very valuable lesson about diversifying. So there, there's definitely mistakes that, along the way, things that, that have really hurt us. Um, but with free up, we've been fortunate that we've kind of learned from those quickly and made better decisions.
1: Do you still have a presence on Amazon as a seller? Uh, Are you still like, are you still diversifying
3: that way? Or have you now just put all of your energy into free up hundred percent? All energy into free up. I I can tell you what happened. I mean, with Amazon that you got to remember one, I got in a very good time before everyone else, but eventually everyone else came on. Second, I was never selling my own products. I didn't have any patents or trademarks. I was always selling other people's products and I was selling baby products. I wasn't passionate about selling baby products then still not passionate about selling baby products now. And so I was growing the Amazon business. We sold over $25 million total over most we did in a year was about 5 million. So we get to over 5 million, more courses and gurus and sellers come in. We dip down to like 2 to 3 million. Amazon's changing their algorithm. We're still making money, but we're not growing our brand. We're not really building anything long term. We're just kind of going in circles, trying to fight off competition, trying to adjust to Amazon's algorithm and find every little Amazon hack. And so I started free up on the side free up ended ended up surpassing my Amazon sales within like a year and a half. And it was something where we, it was kind of a no brainer at that point. We're like, all right, we can keep fighting with Amazon and, and we really like hate doing this every single day. Or you can focus on something we're passionate about. That's growing my brand, growing the free up brand. And, and that's the decision Connor and I made. Let me ask you about we, we... Uh,
1: your, your email marketing strategy. Do you um like, you know, I mean, with, with modern day marketing, email has changed. I think it's still an important part of business. Um, But it's obviously it's different than it used to be, especially with the noise on email, just kind of like the noise that got on Amazon. Uh, But can you tell me a little bit about like how important email is to your business and um, and what and what that looks like with how you're using it for marketing?
3: Yeah, good question. My business partner, honestly, is a way better writer than me. He handles all of our email marketing. Um, I mean, we create canned responses for everything. We run a weekly newsletter that we've been doing since day one where we'll throw out different deals like, hey, 5% off a of VA if you hire them today. So if people join the free up newsletter, that's a good way to just save money on, on skills that you might need. And that's been good. Um, I think getting our story out and also creating a, a newsletter that's providing a lot of content and free value has been good, too. Um, but it's also I'm kind of like speaking on behalf of my business. Business partner because I don't write any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: interesting. So, uh, if uh, I, there's probably one of our seven listeners who wants to start their own software as a service or platform, uh, what what would be the first steps to kind of make that happen? Would you say
3: get the minimum viable product out there? I mean, you never know when you're going to end up selling like baby products or running a freelancer marketplace software platform. I mean, just. Get, start trying different things and get that minimal viable product out there. Talk to your customers. Talk to your clients. Figure out what they like, what they don't like. It might be different than what you have in your head and adjust accordingly. And you never know what path that's going to lead you down.
1: I like that advice because we, uh, we had Ryan Levesque on the show and he told us that if you're going to start a SaaS company, you take a million dollars in cash and light it on fire and then you get started so
2: i like this minimal viable product
3: thing. <laughs>
2: that, <laughs> do, that's never do been my style <laughs> do, do you recommend do you recommend using like like because you you said don't use other people you don't like using other people's uh platforms but do, would you recommend for the minimum viable product at least to look into other solutions that might be available first or just building it from scratch if you can
3: I have done a building from scratch. Again, there's no right or wrong. And there's a lot of really high level entrepreneurs that are way more successful than me that have different advice than I do. So um, there's no right or wrong. I personally like to build it myself. And, and there's also it's not like black or white. I mean, I still use like Zapier, for example, like I'm not building my own Zapier. So there are third party tools that I use. It's just not like the core of my business, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, well, this has been really amazing. And, um, Uh, you know, I appreciate it. I I definitely will check out the uh, uh, free up to see, you know, because there's some some people that I definitely need. Uh, And uh, I'm going to check out the platform. It sounds like you've got some magical ingredient here. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how you how you grow from here. So any any big plans? Like, what's the big vision? You're going to build a get like a space company, get some rockets on the on the moon? (laughs)
3: Like, Right now, my focus is growing free up and seeing how far we can push this thing. And that's really my my plan. I've never been a long-term thinker. I think things change. Who knows what business and technology is going to look like in 10 years. For for me, it's almost like not worth thinking about. Um, Again, a lot of entrepreneurs might disagree with me, but for me, I'm I'm very focused on on what we're doing now.
2: Nice. Well, all right. So now the lightning round. uh, Marketing geeks, uh, you know, we're geeky about all sorts of things, not necessarily marketing. So, uh, what uh, what are you geeky about? TV show, movie, book, uh, hobby. motorcycles, like hobby. What what are you geeky about most right now? <laughs> geeky about most, right now, I. <sighs>
3: in terms of uh, yeah so, so i'm not a, anything yeah no i got you so i'm not a huge video gamer but i feel like when i do i i kind of like go into my own zone it's just like a great way to get away from everything so i recently paid eight dollars at gamestop for fallout 4 i don't know if you guys have ever played it yeah. so i yeah. i've been playing that like non-stop for the past month i, I can't get enough of it so that's that what i'm geeking out <laughs>
2: of right now yeah <laughs> i i call uh video games the the great time machine because i sit in front of one and next thing i know i'm five hours in the future right right <laughs> before i even know it uh justin what are you geeky about right now well um
1: man uh, i i guess i i'm geeky about the new terminator movie i'm excited to be, even know like nobody else really? is it's just me it's just me it's you you're the uh, guy yeah i mean I, I i'm anxious to see this thing to see if they can actually do anything with it i i have very i have high high doubts but it's you know we're a week or two out and uh And I, you know, I'm a big Terminator fan. I think they might be able to pull something interesting out with some weird time travel timelines and twists, whatnot. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, that's what I'm geeky about this week. You got it. Oh,
2: okay. I, I, uh, uh, Marvel just announced, uh, they firmed up the phase five of, uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm, I'm also. Phase five? Phase Four. Four. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, so that's that that you know. But Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola they had some very serious words about uh, that it's not true cinema. But I disagree because you know cinema can be an art film, but it also could be something where you just check your brain at the door and have fun with it. Uh, so I I certainly have. Uh, do you do you watch the Marvel movies? At I all? do. Yes. Yeah. What do you you think? Art or not? (laughs) Oh, my God. The art question.
3: I I don't know. I have no idea. I I personally enjoy them. I'm not some crazy fan who knows like every single character and their exact storyline and all that. But I definitely when they come out, uh, I watch them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I did start reading. uh, I got the digital comic of uh, the uh, Eternals. So I started reading that. And I have to tell you, the dialogue is hopeless i hope that they fix that
1: <laughs> i have no yeah, the, i don't even know those characters because the, they they were so obscure um i'd never yeah. heard of them now you know what did come out yesterday was the new star wars trailer uh we got oh, we got yeah. the final the final star wars trailer for the skywalker films and
3: uh yeah. i i'll probably
1: see it but i could really I'll not I'll that excited it. yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i'm not
3: not excited i'm not a star or, wars or, guy i don't know why i feel like star wars yeah. is right on my alley and i just never got into it i've tried
1: I think you were right. Well, you were right though, because now people are abandoning Star Wars, and you were ahead of the curve.
2: <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's like there's like you know what, uh, to 13, 14 movies now, and only really two of them are good. <laughs> one of them kind of good. They both I, came out I of know. the well, the 70s and 80s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, here's here. I'm pouring one out for Star Wars. That's so uh, you know. Okay. Um, uh, so moving on. So Nathan here, um, can you can you tell us again? They, they so freeup.com.
3: It's free up with. Three Three E's, right? So we have F-R-E-E-E up.com. Is that right? Free up with three E's. You can join my Facebook group, Outsourcing Masters. You can book a call with me or my team right at the top of the site. Mention this podcast, get a $25 credit to try us out. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on any social media channel.
1: So they just like do a chat or something or send you an email and just say they listen to it on marketing geeks and you'll get a $25 credit.
3: Yeah. I'm going to send you an email with how to get your affiliate link and even a free up page if you want it. And, um, if not, then they can just put type in, um, type in marketing geeks and we'll apply it.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll set that up and we'll put
3: that in the show notes then. Perfect.
2: Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye uh, open for you. We really appreciate you coming on, man, taking your time. This was fantastic. And, uh, uh you know uh, please check it out and and you know this is an inspiring story because uh it can be done it can be done and with that no no no, no. Wait, wait wait oh oh ladies and gentlemen uh, our podcast producer, Iris
0: Sturgeon. Thank you. Thank you very much. What a nice applause. Um, yeah, before you uh, end uh, the show, I want to tell you that um, our next guest is Chase Jukes, and he is specialized in applied behavior research. And as um, with my background in human resources, I am so looking forward to this interview and see what we can learn from chase and the other thing i want to tell our audience is that we are fully booked till may 2020 and we have a guest list we are very honored with that we try to book as much um, as we can and we want to have the big fire of Variety in uh, subjects. Um, So we reach out to everybody who is uh, connecting to us and wants to be in the show. So you will always get a reply from us. We will ask you kindly to give us some more information. And we just continue booking for 2020. So, um, yeah, get great responses. And uh, thank you all so far. And we're looking forward to the next episode with Chase. Use. And and if, if and, people
2: want to get a hold of you, Iris, to yeah. ask questions about Marketing Geeks, since I'm pretty irresponsible when it comes to this thing. Uh,
0: just do info at marketinggeeks.podcast.com. And, um, and you can find us all on LinkedIn and we have a Facebook page. You can connect to us on Facebook and uh, send us a message there. Um and even on Instagram. So we are you you cannot ignore us anymore. We are there. So love to hear from you. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, alright, alright. Lovely, lovely wife
1: here. You cannot ignore us anymore, Andros. You cannot ignore I'm us. I'm gonna anymore. get a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna get a
2: t-shirt that says that. That's good. <laughs> and yeah. with that, another fine episode of the Marketing Geeks comes to a close. We and, are booked uh, into. We should May or June of 2020. Man, we are a
1: popular show, aren't
2: we? Man, yes, yes. People, uh, people want to be on the show. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to even be on the show, but yeah, yeah I, no, show up, I show up. I show up for. <laughs> I have to now. I'm committed. So if you're ever worried that like one of these days the Market Geeks is just not going to be here, we're here for you now. And for always Well and if we, get we too,
1: if we get too overbooked We can always hire a freelancer And what better place to get a freelancer Than freeup.com With three E's F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com With uh, Nathan Hirsch
2: Yeah and uh, yeah Please reach out to us uh, You know we are, we're going to be doing Some special things In the coming future are we? How, how special? Very special Oh very special that's all I can say about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm looking forward well, to special things. So that's what well you should be. I'm glad I, I'm able to, like, lead people into that. I'm, you know, it's bedtime here in the Netherlands. So with that, stay classy.